0: My body just gets tight when I think about it. And it's happened so many times now to where it's just like, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to engage this. So when you hit me, I was like, ah, I I got to at least think about this a little more.
1: what's up y'all welcome to the a space to breathe podcast a podcast for black men to be free open and vulnerable away from the pressures of manhood we find in different aspects of our lives this is episode three of season two of the pod and i'm really excited to have my brother trey back on the pod he hasn't been with us since the beginning of the first season so excited to chop it up with him again tonight um but We also are kind of having a a little bit of a more heavy topic today. Um, Those of you who are listening from Memphis have known all the things that are kind of been going on around Tyree Nichols' uh, case and and death. And uh, even if you're not from Memphis, I'm sure you've heard it. Um, And so we're going to start to process and tackle that a little bit today. Uh, And also just think about its context, how it places itself in the context of just what we deal with is is black people and black men in america specifically uh before we get into that uh trey excited to have you back thank you for coming back through for sure man
0: glad to be here appreciate
1: you yeah man uh and since you have been here in a minute i did want to introduce you a little bit more uh so something that uh trey is really into is uh, is books um and reading he from what I understand is a lover of knowledge and just like gaining more um uh, insight not just from nonfiction fiction books but he also likes fiction books too so uh he's got a instagram page what's the instagram page called stay in the book so if you're looking for some good book recommendations <laughs> follow at stay in the book on ig but with yeah. that what are you reading right now trey
0: Oh, man, Um, I'm really excited about what I'm reading right now. And First of all, caveat, if you go to my Instagram, you'll only see like maybe 12 or so posts. I've read more than 12 books. I've been doing this for a long time. So like you have to go to the actual hashtags to like uh, see all the other books that I've read, Um, the stay in the book, stay in the book campaign hashtag, and then you'll be able to see all the other books I've read. But anyway, I'm currently reading The Marathon Don't Stop. Huh. Um, this, the Life and Times of Nip, Nipsey Hussle. Oh, story. cool. I've been um, really enjoying the book, uh, hearing, not hearing, but reading more so about his life, his upbringing, the influence that he had, the people that were around him, yeah, and just his influence and drive and motivation and just vision that he had. It was really inspiring. And so I have about a hundred or so pages to go and I'm really looking forward to finishing it soon.
1: That's what's up, man. That's what's up. I remember when we first started when we were working together, uh Trey has seen the light and moved on <laughs> to another position since uh, since then. But um we I remember you were on leadership and you were like reading a book every weekend or something. I was like, how are you doing this? But I think part of it is just it's like something that is really like part of your like self-care and something that you really appreciate and like I always I'm starting to realize the saying of like you make time for what you want to make time for hmm. um I think that I'm starting to get to the point where I've been trying to make more time for books essentially but um yeah so if you are if you are stuck on an island and you have to read the same book over and over again until somebody come finds you could be a few days could be a few years you got food and all that stuff so you're gonna live but um, <laughs> if you only have one book to entertain you what would it be
0: one book that is very difficult <laughs> Man. one book I don't want to say the Bible but that's too easy.
1: <laughs> Yeah. The Bible and what else? You can have <laughs> one other thing besides the Bible.
0: Oh, it's too easy. Um, hmm. I guess I would rather it be a fiction book because, you know, in a point of just reading for knowledge's sake. I don't know, that's a hard question but I would go, I would, it would have to be, I don't know, man. <laughs> you, you got me stumped. I'm just gonna give you an answer just to give you an answer though. Okay. I enjoyed Holes. It's a kid book.
1: Okay. That
0: was my, that's my favorite. That's one of my favorite books.
1: Holes is so a good one.
0: I would say Holes, just because of the, I mean, the story itself, like, yeah. you know, it's pretty funny. And if I'm stuck on an island, I'd feel like I was, you know, Stanley out in the desert digging holes or just right. like in the wilderness and, you know, creating you know, funny moments and different things like that. And so uh, that, that feels like a cop out, but like, I just can't think of anything else. And that was one book that came to mind. I'm like, what is something that's the light, funny, yeah. that I wouldn't mind picking up and reading once in a while? Like, even though it's a kid's book.
1: Did you see the movie? Yeah, I saw the movie. Was the book better than the movie?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yes, okay.
0: <laughs> 100%. Books are always better than the movies. There's just more details, <laughs> Yeah. character development. Yeah, I feel it. I
1: feel it. Well, cool. Uh, before we kind of jump into our questions, uh, let's just check in real quick. Uh, you good, bro? Uh,
0: man, I am doing all right um I'm, I'm not i can't say that i'm doing bad um and i can't really say that i'm doing good i'm doing all right and the, and the fact that um i considering where i was a year ago yeah. like this month like like a year ago in january i was like in a dark place um, yeah. there was a lot of uncertainty there was a lot of just like unknown there was a lot of like, stress and uh, anxiety that I was dealing with. Um, and, man, a year mm. from that, uh, a year to process and continue to work through things, like, life is still and But I think that I have been able to come out on the other side of the faith that I had to move when I needed to move. Yeah. and um to trust myself uh to make the decisions that i need to make for myself and my family and so i'm doing all right in that man job is going great uh family's doing good new things are happening just yeah. listed my house like yeah. you know things are yeah. moving in a, yeah. in a good you know trajectory yeah. and um you know I'm doing all right. I mean there's challenges, there's there's things that are that are happening within my family that are that are hard right now. Mm-hmm. Um and not just, just like me, my wife, my kids, but like my mom, my yeah. sister, like my yeah. you know uh and so trying to make sure that I'm there and being a good son, a good brother, a good cousin um is is something that is high up on my priority list right now so i'm doing my best to be present and making sure that i'm helping them out so i'm doing Mm -hmm. all right man just trying to navigate how you doing man you good
1: yeah um that's a good question (laughs) um i think i am i'm one encouraged hearing what you have been saying just now because i feel like i'm in that space now um i think those of you who have been listening you know that I told I said in the first episode back that I told um, my boss that I wouldn't be coming back after this school year, um, which has led to some anxiety on my end because I've never done that without having another job already set up. <laughs> and so like um, I constantly have to like remind myself like it'll work out. God's gonna provide. Like it's gonna come when it needs to come. Like I like it's a constant, like like self-talk cycle for myself. <laughs> um I think like also like but I think it's also at the same time of like we're getting really close to like any day now when it comes to uh my daughter coming. And so <laughs> it's just like I am anxious and a little bit fearful about that too, um, especially the delivery and labor part. Like, mm-hmm. uh, but so I think it's just kind of like wading through those, but also, I think like having a lot of gratitude around just like um the the privilege it is to be a parent, mm-hmm. uh, so I've been sitting with that a lot, um, uh, I think that also, just like, uh. Like you were there, like we recently had like a one of my friends threw like a a diaper party slash I called it a dashler party because a like diaper party was weird. <laughs> um, hey, <buddy. laughs> um, and it was it was cool. Just to, I was very grateful for the community that was there, um, and my dad was there, which was super impactful too. So. Yeah, I think there's like gratitude there. Oh, and I think just like with what we're talking about today, um, I don't really know how I feel about it, and so that's kind of like why I want to talk about it too. Uh, but I think there's a, I think there's a sadness there. Um, mm-hmm. and there's like a, but there's also like a exasperation. I think of like, again, like here we go again. Oh, um, yeah. I think, yeah. So we can kind of use that as kind of like a, a launching point. Um, I think to give a little bit more context. Um, essentially, um, what's today? Uh, three weeks ago, um, uh, a man named Tyree Nichols uh, was stopped here in Memphis by police officers. There's the altercations between them is still not hundred percent clear. Um, they're still at this point, this podcast is being recorded. Um, uh, figuring out details, but essentially led to, uh, five police officers like beating him up, uh, like essentially. Um, and had to end up being rushed to the hospital and like died of his injuries later. Um, and so they beat him to the level of death. <laughs> um. The co- I mean, the things about it that are noteworthy is that there was five black cops. Um, it wasn't, there weren't white cops there. I think we can talk about the nuance and what that means a little bit here in this conversation. Uh, and I think, I don't know. I think it also is like, it was kind of like hidden for a while. I <laughs> like Because I'm just like, it really just started popping off in the last week here. Uh, and it's been at least three weeks since it happened, uh, and so like I wanted to have this conversation because, like, as it's starting to like boil over, and then they like, just released the video to the family, and then they're supposed to be releasing it to the public in a week, in a couple weeks or so. Or but, like, I've had so I've, it's been funny, man, because like <laughs> I've been like I so I started breathe like. Almost three years ago, I'm two and a half at this point. And I feel like Memphis just caught on to it like in the last six months.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> so I had a couple, of, I've had a few interviews and I've just talked about the work of Breathe or whatever. And um, I had an interview not too long ago uh, with a local station and then they reached out to me like, this past weekend, two different reporters from the same station reached out to me, trying to get me to do an interview, uh, talking about how, like, it's impacting Black men and their mental health, and, like, and I was just, like, no, <laughs> and I said no, because, one, I was busy, but, two, like, um, at the first time I, the first time, like, the, the, the reporter called me, I didn't even know what happened, Like, this this is when it was just starting to be public knowledge. (laughs) Like, it didn't even happen. And so, like, I was like, I'm not going to comment on that when I don't have full information. And then the second time, by the time I got more information, I still was just like, I don't feel comfortable talking about this. Because I felt like, with the news, like, they're looking for the most provocative story. And I felt like they're going to make it whatever I say like sound like what they needed to say for their story. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to have myself implicated like that or the work that I do with Breed implicated in that way. But mm-hmm. I did want to talk about it. So I was like, that's what the podcast is for. Um like to, to like have the space to talk about it, to talk about the nuances of it, to talk about all of the things and not just get a like a 30 second sound bite that pops for the news. Um so that's kind of more context, but I'm like really like Sorry, I wanted to think about broadly first, like how how viewing, I think mean, this is not the first time this has happened, like I think that this is a part of existence as a black I feel like as a black person, as a black man in America, is to um, hear view experience, witness, whatever um, black um, The like um The murder the um beating up whatever like the like reduction of black life in whatever way uh by brutal force Mm -hmm. um and so i think i want to start with you because i've talked out talked a lot so far but like how how does that impact how has that impacted you personally like you got everything from like trayvon martin you got like Michael Brown you got Eric Gardner like have all these people George Floyd like all these people that we have kind of witnessed within especially the last decade or so um as we've kind of come up in it but yeah what are your general how does that generally hit sit with you as you kind of navigate it
0: yeah yeah man I mean let's just man it, it can't be where do I start It can not (laughs) be overstated, like, the Mm -hmm. amount of names that you just rattled off. Mm -hmm. And that's not even, you know, an eighth of the names. Yeah. And those are all just very large, right, uh, moments in time and history that we will remember, like, those names, right? are going to be forever etched in our brain in our memory in our psyche for like forever. Right. When we hear those names, I could feel, you know, in my body, like where I was, Mm. I remember like when you say Michael Brown, like I remember, you know what I mean? Like looking at the TV screen of the riots um, and the protests rather. Um, I remember just trying to understand what was going on. And it wasn't necessarily why it was happening. Like the question wasn't to me why it was happening. Like, yes, why is it happening? But how many more, Mm -hmm. right? How many more times must it happen? Um, Mm -hmm. Specifically with unarmed black men, Right. right? Right. this is what we were talking about like this, this conversation is around like it's not around just people dying and you know it's not around killing it's around this specific conversation of mm-hmm. law enforcement officers killing brutalizing black men mm-hmm. who are not a threat Yeah, to them like I just want to just like Clear about like what this conversation is and what it isn't, right? Right. Because people want to always take it somewhere else. The reason that people are upset is because it was another black man, it doesn't matter if he was arguing with him, right? It doesn't matter if he did snap off back at them, like if he is not a threat to their life, you know what I mean? Like in any way, like this is the problem. Black men are dying at the hands of law enforcement unarmed and then no immediate threat to the officer's life mm. in any way. Mm. And so yeah, we have to be careful how we talk about it. I'm no expert. I don't, I'm not claiming to be an expert uh, in it. This is just my experience. And when the way that it impacts me is that man, it's just it's hard not to uh, it's hard not to be angry it's also hard not to just feel deflated mm. and sad and just like i i feel it like just at the core of my being like it's just like i i just my body just gets tight yeah. when i think about it and it's happened so many times now to where it's just like I don't want to think about it. I don't want to engage this. So when you hit me, I was like, ah, I got, I got, <laughs> I got to at least think about this a little more. Yeah. If I'm going to get on the mic and say something about it. Yeah. But, you know, it was a life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that the way that we, the, and even the ways that I have been considering death, um, when people die when people i don't know die and when people that are close to me experience death it's what is my response going to be to it right yeah um man recently there was a tragic event where um some people that i knew was in a tragic accident and they died and i was notified of it by uh, one of my one of my uh colleagues came and told me about it. And in that moment, I was like, dang, that's, man, like, dang, that's sad. And then I had a conscious moment. I put my hands back on my laptop, like I was about to just go back into work. Mm. And I was like, hold on, like, nah. Yeah. I got up and took a walk. (laughs) right pray, you know what I'm saying like because that's what we do yeah we get information like that and then we just immediately go back into like business as usual like 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 it just didn't happen you know what I'm saying like and it was somebody that I knew by like not deeply but like kind of like I know who that is yeah not even a complete stranger And so for me, man, like, and again, we can get into this more because there's definitely more I want to share about it. But I have to, I, I know that for myself, I have to limit the amount that I take it, take in of it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because I'm Mm -hmm. like, man, it could be me, right? It could be you. It could be any of my brothers, right? And we just, at, at the end of the day, we're just trying to make it home. Yeah. Right. I mean, I remember when Philando Castile died, 2016. It was a hot summer. It was a lot that happened summer 16. It yeah. was a lot that went down that summer. Yeah. yeah. But that was the first time that I had actually watched a, a video, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget where I was. I was sitting in my room, sitting in the bedroom, and I was looking on Facebook, and the video, you know, was on Facebook. Um, and I did—I honestly didn't know what was about to all happen, right? I didn't know what was about to happen, but when it, when the, when Philando got shot, and I was like, wait, like man's bleeding out like man. you know what i'm saying like hold on like you know you hear his girl you hear his daughter and i'm like wait, wait, wait this is a real thing that's happening and i just closed it out and then and then i didn't even know he was going to die in the moment and then when i found out that he died i was like yo i just watched a man bleed out and die yeah man and from that moment, I was like, "Yo, I don't know if I can ever watch a video <laughs> uh, of of any of anything anymore." Because why are we normalizing this? <laughs> uh-huh. Why why are people in Memphis again? I'm not. I'm not. I'm look. look I understand why people want to see the video. I understand why people. Some people don't want to see the video, but the but. I think that we have to acknowledge right now that there may be something wrong with society when our appetite has to be so primed. Yeah. We know what happened, they told us what happened, we've seen the reports, but everybody is sitting on the edge of their seats just to get a glimpse of this body cam footage, why? Yeah. (laughs) Why, fam? Yeah. Why is it that we feel like we need empirical evidence to justify the circle, you know, the roundtable discussions that we're going to have around one more incident of a Black body, a Black man, perishing at the hands of law enforcement? I respect everyone's. Ways of processing. I just have to like really like look at us again. I'm putting my. Why is it when these things happen, we have to like, we have to see it? No, we don't. In my opinion, right? So that was a lot to just kind of lead into that,
1: but no, that was good. (laughs) That's where I'm at. That's good. I think I I resonated with all of it. Um, I think in terms of like how I feel like it it impacts me personally. I feel like there is like that that like you. I know like you like me like asking you to talk about it and then kind of like okay I actually have to think about this. I think there is like a tendency for um for us to know, um, and like kind of be numb to it. And not because it's not like we don't care. It's like it, it is like a survival, um, a survival mechanism. It's a trauma response. I feel like seeing it, I think we have all at one point seen it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's super traumatic. Um, I think the lat I mean, I saw I saw um George Floyd and I thought I, I was like messed up after that and I think it is it mm-hmm. is like your 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 body's way of responding to trauma it's like mm-hmm. I just can't let myself feel that I can't uh, I think connected to that it's just also like this idea of like it could be me it's mm-hmm. also like it's scary to think about that I mm-hmm. think to, and then to go through life thinking you have a precarious existence that could like be taken at any moment for a reason that it's not even like it's not even like for like a random reason like because like you got pulled over and you asked why you got pulled over mm-hmm. or because you have like you got like a could be a, like a a boy some of the boys that that we have taught because they have a toy gun. Like, mm-hmm. all these things. Like, there's so mm-hmm. reason, so many reasons that aren't reasons. <laughs> right. um, and I think, yeah, that last point that you said, I think um is interesting and it made me think about just how much, like, Black death has been a source of entertainment for the, like, for the entirety of our country. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. The history of our countries. So I think about even, like, Lynching, like it was, like a let's all go see this 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 nigga get lynched. Essentially, mm-hmm. it's like the the the, the, the sentiment, mm-hmm. um. I think, and with in a lot of ways, like which I think will connect to what we talk about a little bit. It's just like even if like it doesn't make sense, like the way in which an identity, our identities are like. So it doesn't make like you would expect these cops to be white, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're still a part of the system, a system, though. And Come on. the system is racist. The system, like, continues to bolster white supremacy. And so even though, like, I I can enter a system as a Black person, like, that doesn't make me immune to, like, the ways in which the system is kind of teaching me to do and teaching me to see things and teaching me to profile Black and brown people in a certain mm-hmm. way. And I wonder how much that isn't even overlapping with, like, the system of our society of, like, seeing Black people as entertainment. So now, like, even though I'm black, I should, ch- like, it doesn't make sense for me to actually want to see this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's already been entertainment, like, for, like, since slavery. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I don't know. That's something I was yeah. thinking about. But I think that, like, it's mm-hmm. just, like, it connect. Like, I just think about how much, like, as a black man, like, I feel like my exit, like, I have to just keep pushing. Cause if I let myself sit too long, like it, it's not gonna be good. Like I think I let myself sit as long as I did because like with George Floyd because it was COVID and it had nothing else to do, <laughs> so it wasn't busy. Right. Right. Um, and so yeah, I just think that that is. I see that impact on a lot of a lot of the men around me, a lot of my other brothers, and just like it's just like we. It's just like I can't think about it too long. I can't think about it too long. I think that maps onto a lot of things, but I think especially when you think about something that directly attacks your existence. Mm. Um, so yeah, man, this is something thing that I was thinking about as you as you were talking.
0: No, I, I mean you hit it right when you said that it's a it's a systemic problem. I mean, since its inception right the the carceral system policing it is doing exactly what it's supposed to do it's doing exactly what it was created to do right and it is still doing the thing like right. killing and like imprisoning black people yeah. like that's what it, it has was created to do and that is what it's continuing to do I mean, the carceral system in America is the worst in the world. And I think that it's not by accident. The system is playing itself out the way that it was created to. Mm -hmm. Um, And we, black men, have to find a way to, again, navigate the world and also take care of ourselves. Right? Yeah you know, in order to, you know, find spaces and, and, and places where we can continue to flourish and thrive when everything else is just trying to, like, collapse on us, right, and suffocate us. Um, it's just I sitting with the thoughts and then it's like, man, but what, you know, what can we do? You know what I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, like, what what needs to happen? What can we do? That's not the point of this podcast. We ain't got time to go down that rabbit hole. But <laughs> I know that there has to be some type of reform, you know, right. that happens right. in order for things to change, right? And it's it has to be, you know, it has, yes, impact in practice, right? But also it has to be like in the mind, like it has to be a mindset shift and it's gonna be very hard to break those habits um, of the mind Mm. and like the way that you view people and the ways that you, you, if you're in law enforcement, I have friends that are in law enforcement and what's so crazy is that I actually had a friend of mine who's a cop reach out to me um, and he you know was very disturbed by what had happened and he called me and was just like very like very sad with the state of like just like his profession and its impact on the city and like the ramifications like moving forward and trying to figure out what he needs to do again as a as a as a member, right, of this, you know, occupation yeah. as a police officer, and like what he must do—that's yeah. a whole other conversation. But I thought it was interesting, man, just to kind of have a conversation with him. Um, and again, it's easy to start pitting black people against each other, right? Right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's you know it's real easy because that's that's what they want to do, right? right. That's what, that's exactly how it happens. Now, you know, you know, not here to, you know, I'm gonna leave that alone. But what I will say is, is that there needs to be some type of reform.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And I'm, I'm intentionally pausing myself just because I, I want to be intentional about what I say here uh, because I have a lot of, you know respect for people that have done more study and given more thought to this um but this is space to breathe like right? you know what i mean so we right it's like you know we just we just share right now
1: we just share bro we just um, sharing. we just share
0: but i do i do want to be careful in that um just because i don't want to be misunderstood yeah. um and so
1: yeah I, I get that and i think <laughs> Um, I do think there is like space even here to kind of talk specifically a little bit more about uh, this situation um, mm-hmm. so with like what happened in Memphis with Tyree Nichols like like how have you processed it to the levels that you have allowed yourself and the levels that are healthy for you um, and is it similar or different um, I think you kind of touched on it around like pitting black people against each other things like that but um yeah like kind of what are some of the things that you have reflected on
0: yeah I I reflected I've talked about it with a couple of friends um I talked about it briefly with Brian when we were um mm. at the diaper what you call it the,
1: the th- bachelor party The <laughs> bachelor
0: party <laughs> yeah, that that joint. Um, and it's very interesting, right? Yeah. We, Black men, are dynamic individuals. We have different perspectives. We have different, you know, ways to process. And for me, seeing the, like, reading, reading about what happened, um, of course, seeing this photo, you can't, like, scroll so- social media without seeing his bloody face. Um, I like for me, and this is just me being one hundred percent real about it. It's like I prayed for him and his family mm-hmm. in the ways that I knew how and the, the understanding that I had because I can imagine what they're going through. Um, But also, I'm like, man, I, you know, we can talk about it, but like, I don't need, I personally don't need another case study to know that we have a systemic problem um, with white supremacy and police brutality.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I don't, you know, May God rest his soul. Again, there's there's no disrespect. I'm not like I I just I just don't think that right now I'm like we don't necessarily need another name in order to know that something needs to change. Yeah, and we also cannot like. I hate that we have become, let me not say we, I don't want to speak for everyone. I hate that I have become in some ways, after I, again, pay my respects, numb to the fact that like, they don't care, they're just gonna do it again. It's real. Like It's just gonna happen again, damn what. Mm. I just feel like they're playing in our face right now, um, for lack of a better phrase to use. But I just feel like, y'all just playing in our face right now. Like how many more times? How many more times until something changes? How many more times until something actually happens to where we start to see, you know, things change and so for me the way that I've just been processing it man I'm like what leaders who you know and not just like somebody that just wants to be on TV yeah sure, or get their likes up get their followers <laughs> up you know what I'm saying and Want some be clown. story, cloud chasing yeah makes my flesh crawl But who would that person be? Who would that leader be that would be able to, again, like I said, step up and really make change? Which is so crazy that I'm reading this book, like, about Nipsey Hussle's story. Mm -hmm. I mean, although he grew up in gang culture, like, he was a gangster, he was in a gang, um, you know he himself would say niggas die every day. Like, that, when you see death happening around you all the time, but he saw that it was a detriment to his community and he was seeking out a way to change it. And I'm just trying to see, man, like, how long are we going to continue to accept this, right? And what can we do, Black men, to, come together to, again, we can't rely on these outside, you know what I mean? Like We can't rely on other people to help us, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that, again, we have all we need. I think that we are enough. I think that we have everything that we need in order to heal ourselves and our community and one another, right? And so I don't necessarily think that yes, there is a systemic problem, there is a system that needs in our world that needs to change. But I also think that we have enough strength, we have enough um intellect, we have enough resources, and and we have enough time if we really wanted to make time for, you know what I mean, like yeah. to heal. Huh. Um, And and I think that it it really has to start with us um, because nobody's coming. um, And we really can't rely on anybody else to understand what
1: we are going through. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I hear that. Um, Yeah, I think that. for some reason like for me like this i don't know it didn't feel all the way different i feel like yeah it's the same same like falls under the same like general <laughs> pattern um i think that i feel like i don't know just the nuance of it i think was something i thought about um I think about and I'm like kind of processing through like what you just said too at the same time of of um how of like this idea of like healing that needs to happen amongst us too. Um uh, and I think that like yeah I, I I'm I think I'm still like grappling with like the complexities of the situation. Um, I think that um in, in any other situation it's been very easy to like pick a <laughs> an enemy <laughs> um mm-hmm. that is like a person. Um I think that like I can see people who are more who like already like don't think that like police brutality is an issue or think Mm -hmm. that like black on black crime is more of an issue than whatever like are using are like see like this is an example it's like equivalent to like (laughs) people thinking that climate change isn't real because it got really cold and i'm like that the evidence of like global warming just because it's like not hot doesn't mean that it doesn't, it's not an issue. Um, no. It actually confirms the issue. And I think mm. this is like how, how I kind of I'm processing it this way too. It's like, yes, like it was a black cops, but that does that like literally, like for me, like stamps the idea that like we have an issue systemically with policing. Um, like if like you are, if you like, if it even is like, um being perpetuated by people mm-hmm. of the same race like it's not it's not just like a oh he's just he, he was just a bad cop <laughs> like or it, it's so much bigger than that um yeah. and so yeah and I, and I think that like there's there a lot to what you're saying around um and I think I, like I've been the more that I've um like, embraced being in Memphis, <laughs> I think that, like, I feel more of like, that, like, yo, like, we have so much here to, like, make Memphis great, like, in the people that are here. um, And, like, in the people that are invested in being here. um, mm-hmm. And I think that's just, like, for me connected to what you're saying, too. Um, but, like, just, like, yeah, man, I think that that is... That's a, a something I'm still like kind of gonna mull over. Um, what what you were saying, there, t- particularly around, like I think I typically think about the system, but it's like what's well, also like what is like the community doing as well. Um, that's good. Um, yeah, I want to kind of like um close us out with um just like you kind of said something earlier that I want to go back to. Um, with like how black men have to uh find places in which they can thrive and like figure out how they navigate like through what it means to be a black man in a in a space where black life is not valued. Oh hmm. uh, like what does that look like? Uh, how does that how do we as black men like continue to move forward and not just a way that's just like i think i like want to push beyond just like ignore it numb it whatever like how do we push through in healthy and whole ways in a society that is broken (laughs) in a society that like doesn't value us like what does that look like
0: uh i think that what it doesn't look like is you doing it by yourself you doing it alone, and I think that for for me, I could just turn in and just be like, you know what, I'm just going to dig in and you know get after my goals or whatever. You know, what I mean, like I think that we again, black men, we need each other, man. Like mm-hmm. you, you find your people, you find your tribe, you find your 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 people, you love on them well, and again. You, if your cup again, like your cup needs to be filled up, man. Like, and in order to effect change, in order to continue to like lift yourself up and remain hopeful in this dark world, you have to constantly surround yourself with people that actually like you and love you and want, you know, the best for you. And from that space, I feel like, again, knowing that regardless of what happens out here, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: I know that I know who I am. I'm con- I'm constantly affirmed in who I am by people that I know know me, you know what yeah. I mean? Like The police officer don't know you, this other random person on the street don't know you, you know, but who knows you and how can you continuously like, remind yourself of your value and your worth when the world continues to remind you how they don't value you. Mm -hmm. And like the fact that I have to tell you that my Black life matters is the problem. Yeah. I'm of infinite worth and value. And so are you. Mm -hmm. And you have to take care of yourself, you know what I mean? Like, And if you're not taking care of you, then you're not gonna be able to, you know what I'm saying, like lift yourself up out of like this thing. Again, it it can't be done alone. That's, that's the main thing that I'm trying to say, you know, is that I think that we just try to like figure it out. Yeah, find your space, process, but where do we go from here again? <laughs> How long have we been asking that question? Yeah. Um, Shout out to Dr. King. And it's like, you know, I don't have the answers, um, but I do know what has worked for me. And I think that the things that I need most are, again, like people in my life, specifically black men that, can empathize with what's going on at a like one-to-one level. Like, you know what I mean? You as a black man, like, even though we have like different lives or whatever, like I see myself, you know what I mean? You see yourself yeah. and yeah. we can talk about it in a way and empathize and connect with it in a way that just other people can't. Right. And so we need the space to be able to do that authentically together um, with people that love and care about
1: us deeply. Yeah. Wow. Ah, that's huge. Yeah, I think like, community <laughs> it, it, like and and friendship and Brotherhood are, are for me have been like the 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 core of everything <laughs> um and in terms of like facing the world um and feeling encouraged and affirmed and and then nourished um uh, to to continue the fight and like mm-hmm. they didn't necessarily have to be like fight in terms of advocacy, like sometimes like literally walking out the door every day feels like, all right, let me put my armor on. Um, I think I'm always gonna, this is me, I'm always gonna push for therapy too. Like, <laughs> um, and I think that particularly with like part of harshly why I'm in school to become a therapist myself, it's like I think there's not enough space, it's not only for Black men, just feel seen by Black men. Just on like some regular everyday thing, but also like when things like this happen, like you don't want to have to explain the trauma to your therapist. <laughs> you don't have to explain why it's i bothering you. Like, and I think like, yeah, that's a whole nother side note um <laughs> for for my my class, but <laughs> it's, um, for this, I think like, but it is important to like recognize the impact. That these things are happening on you because I think, as much as we want to numb and act like we're not feeling things, like the feelings do show up in your body in some way. The feelings do show up and in something else. Like your interactions show up, like the way it, the way it, your interactions are, are indicative of emotion. It can be something that's not necessarily even connected to that interaction. Mm -hmm. So, like, I can feel um like this literally happened recently i can feel very anxious about my future um and get very nitpicky towards my wife they don't seem related Mm -hmm. but like my like my mood my disposition is already off and so like things i'm very much more i'm more irritable than i normally would be right um and so like those things are impacting you um And it's important for you to recognize that they are and how they are and then process that emotion so you can kind of work through that. Um, And so I think like, they're not going away even if you try to ignore it, (laughs) it shows up somewhere, whether physically, emotionally, mentally, wherever it shows up somewhere. Um, So yeah, I think that I'd add that to to the community piece. Uh, But yeah, man. it is I think that's also why we have spaces like this. Um I think uh there's so many spaces that we can't fully exhale, inhale, inhale and exhale. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um it's important to be able to um, make space create space, like force space like <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Um this only the. I feel like that's the only way that we we are able to to keep going. It's good, man. Yeah. Man, appreciate you coming through. Appreciate you helping process through this a little bit.
0: I appreciate you allowing me to come in and talk a little bit. I hope that it was helpful. Um, the next time, if I ever come back, if you ever invite me back, it's gonna have to be on some super light.
1: Oh yeah, no, we're gonna be light next time.
0: <laughs> it's gonna be on it's gonna have to be on like what what book would you read if you was on the <laughs> This is heavy but it was good. I appreciate you Allow yeah. uh, allowing yeah. me to just process through it with you, man. I know that um it's it's a needed thing and so I appreciate you very much, man.
1: I appreciate you, bro. Um and yeah, I just wanna um just, uh I don't know how I want to say it, but to, to the, the family of Tyree Nichols, and we are praying for, for y'all, with, we are with y'all. Um, even if you don't hear this, just wanted to say that. Um, and for everybody else listening there, remember that breathing as a black man, especially now, is an act of a resistance. All right, y'all, keep heart. Peace.